Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio recording episode number 247. Very excited to talk about our topics today. In our warm-up segment, we've got our City of the Week, Player of the Week, our Equipment Tip of the Week, we have a fun Did You Know, of course, a great listener question, and of course, Paige's Power Play. In our lead-off segment, we're going to talk about is it possible to coach at the high school level and the travel ball level at the same time? and the strengths and weaknesses, positives and negatives. In our cleanup topic, we're going to talk about something we've talked about in the past. One of our listeners wanted us to uh, offer our insight on what's the right size roster to have for a travel ball team. He's starting a team and wants our insight and input. And then we're going to finish up with this week's Action Coach Coaching Tip of the Week. So before we get into those topics, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Also, let's become a patron if you can. Patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help us, Coach Don and I, and I have been talking about this now for months. I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse sometimes, but we definitely need more people to come on board as patrons. Um, if you see value in what we're doing, if you want us to be able to keep doing it into the future, it's five, ten, or twenty dollars a month. Go to Patreon.com/slash Everything Fast Pitch. It'll take you through the steps, get you signed up, and get you ready to roll. So, Don, that's going to take us to our warm-up segment. Our warm-up segment is sponsored by Bidinger and Styles DDS. They're located in Webster, Mass. If you're anywhere in the Webster area and have any dental needs at all, reach out to the folks at Bidinger and Styles. Uh, they're very strong supporters of this podcast. We really do appreciate them. And if you do look them up for any kind of services, make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast. So, Don, our city of the week is a place that's near and dear to my heart, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, wow. I know that's exciting up there for softball people to be active. And uh, again, that's very close to home for you, right? Spent m- many years of my life living in the greater Milwaukee area. Um, you know, this time of year, I still get the uh, weather notifications for what's going on up there. And even though we're in a little bit of a wintry stretch down here in Atlanta, obviously it's nowhere near what we were used to back in Wisconsin or you were used to back in Canada. But it was exciting to see the numbers jump. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of people that uh, I'm very familiar with, friends with uh, still that are doing a great job coaching the game, doing a lot of great instructional work former players and people like that that are still very active and, and involved in coaching the, the game at the, at the high school and travel ball level. And so obviously it's exciting to see the numbers jump. If you're in a position where you can find somebody to help us uh, grow the numbers even more, make sure that you let them know about everything Fast Pitch Podcast or the Coach Prep Podcast. Um, it seems that the word of mouth is by far our biggest way of adding new listeners. You know, I think it's occasional that somebody just searches for Fast Pitch and comes across us uh, but it's really obvious that the v- majority of people have been recommended. And if you can recommend some more, we would love for you to do that. It would be a great thing. Tori Coach Stan's wanting me to uh, throw out there that, uh, you know, we've been talking about me singing the Canadian anthem and everything. And since you're from 
Wisconsin that maybe there was a song or something up there. Well, yeah, yeah. There's there's a state sco- song and there's all kinds of fun stuff. If if we can double the numbers <laughs> in Wisconsin, I'll I'll come up with something that has come on Wisconsin Wisconsin, Wisconsin ties. Let's so. du- let's double down for Tory. That'll yeah, be fun. It, it'll be pretty embarrassing, but uh, no, it'll we, be fun. We, we can get through it. Yeah. So all right. So uh, congratulations, Milwaukee. You are the city of the week. Our player of the week this week is Kaylee Thompson. Kaylee is a freshman at South Range High School in Ohio. She's a very hardworking player, a pitcher, and uh, and very dedicated player. You know, doing the open gyms and team practices and workouts and all that other stuff. She also uh, has had a couple of uh, very successful milestones here, hitting her first home run. Cool. In the past weekend in an indoor facility, and an indoor facility, you know, I think it's it's one of those interesting things because on top of getting the distance to get it over the fence. You also have to hit the right kind of angle because you get a little bit too much air under that puppy and it's going to be bouncing off the ceiling. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. Well, and you don't have any assistance from winds and things, right? Right. But it's a pretty impressive shot, and and, and obviously Kaylee's a really talented player. We're excited that uh, she's working hard and having fun playing the game. Kind of a crazy thing for us to think about playing indoor softball, but I've had the good fortune of doing that a few times in my coaching career, and it was always an interesting. I wish we had more chances for that. Yeah, more yeah. opportunity. Well, and I think you know certain parts of the country now they've really embraced the idea of indoor softball. Now here, like in Tennessee, there's places where they're playing in the winter indoors, but they're sort of like the rodeo barn that we played at yep, yep. Uh, and practiced at for uh, the old, winter camp at Tennessee egg. Tech, yep. um, the Ag Center. But now you know some of the places are building you know, the domed facilities that you know, actually have enough height to. To play what feels like real softball. I know we've talked in the past about my college teams when I was coaching at Parkside, Tennessee Tech. We played at the Metrodome. We played at the Uni Dome at Northern Iowa. It was always just an interesting experience to play indoors because it was something that was so unusual. It would be weird for every, for just the air to be still. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And to hear the echo and stuff like that. So yep. congratulations, Kaylee Thompson. You are the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. So, Don, let's talk about the Square Cuts Training Discs, our equipment tip of the week. Corey, we always talk about how they're kind of unique and different, which they very much are, but they're also durable. They're going to be something you can use for a long time. If you don't have a set, you need a set. I keep saying it, but it's true. Um, You know, we walk through sporting goods stores, and we look at all the interesting things, and we pick up a couple of pieces, uh, you know, that, that look different or something that we've been wanting for a while. This is something that you can buy, that you can get, that's going to be unique, it's going to be different, it's going to last, and it's very affordable. Right. Well, $49.95 a dozen, you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, you can order them there, we'll get them shipped out to you right away. And Don, I think you hit on an important thing, you know, I've always been a gadget kind of person. For sure, When yeah. I'm thinking about training, you know, there's certain things that players need a, a way to feel or to see that they're doing something that maybe they just aren't comprehending. And so... You know, whether it's PVC or a padded piece of pipe or dots on the ground or whatever it is, you know, we're always looking for something, which led us to the discussion about the Square Cuts training disc, because one of the concepts that very few players really understand, especially young players, you know, they hear square it up all the time. Well, squaring it up when you hit a round ball can be a really deceiving thing, because you can hit 75% of the ball, and it still feels like you hit it really good. Sounds good, all that but stuff. But it's yeah. not as good. And so where the Square Cuts training disc helps you out is, because of its design, you're going to know for sure whether you're truly square to the face of the disc, just like you would be square to the face of the ball when you hit it. And to me, that feedback is so valuable because players, I think, have the ability to make the adjustments that they need to to square the ball if up they more know consistently what needs to yeah. if they knew what that really meant and if they could you know, picture in their mind when it's, when it's really happening. And so... 
$49.95 a dozen. They hold up really well. Um, go to the fastpitchprep.com website and we'll get them sent out to you right away. So Don, did you know, we talked about the NFCA convention a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I just wanted to back, you know, yeah. add a little bit of information. So the 2023 NFCA convention is December 6th through the 9th, and it's in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, and then in 2024, it's going to be in Dallas. And in 2025, it's going to be in Las Vegas. Now, about every third year, um, it ends up Vegas. back in Vegas. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, that's such a destination for so many people. That it, Conventions. It's, right. It's kind yeah. of a no-brainer. But they do a nice job in the other years of moving it around the country. You know, Louisville is the home of the NFCA office, so that's like their home base. So for those folks, it'll be nice uh, that they can drive to the convention and just down and, the road, just down the road, and, and not have to you know have the big uh, expedition to get there. But the NFCA convention is something I strongly recommend if you are a fast pitch person, if you really love this game. Uh, supporting the NFCA is a great idea. As we've said in the past. It is geared much more towards the college coaches than anything else because it's their professional organization. It's their way of you know, supporting each other and, and forwarding the idea of coaching as a profession. But there's a lot of reasons why it's great for travel ball people, for fans, for you know, affiliated members, for sponsors, for vendors. You know, it's a great organization, something that you know, we, we definitely want our, our listeners to support. And uh, if you go to the convention, you can go to the coaches' clinics. You can go to the you know little introductory things that they have. You know, there's all kinds of chances to meet and greet and shake hands and all kinds of fun stuff and a lot of food, a little bit of adult beverage. But it's a fun way to spend a couple of days. I was going to say we need to find out if we're ready to take this on the road, Tori. We need to show do a, do a li- live uh, podcast we, maybe from we, the convention. We got to we'll see, see if what, we can't work on see that. what Coach Stan thinks. But so, did you know the NFCA convention in December 2023 is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky? So our listener question comes to us from Dan, and Dan wants to know, do college coaches allow a team or group of fans to come and watch practice? So I would say that's pretty much a yes most of the time. I mean, there might be specific workouts and stuff like that that they want it to be a little bit more of a closed-door setting, but I think often that's exciting for, you know, both for the, the team that's coming to visit and for the college group, and and to have that interaction can be really encouraging and exciting for you know the visiting team but also too for the college kids that's kind of cool when they've got people that are interested in watching what they're doing right and depending upon the uh, division that a school is in they all have different rules about being able to participate with the kids and allowing the kids on the field when they're out there and things like that so you're going to have some different uh, opportunities depending upon what division the school is that you're you're trying to visit um, but I would agree, Don. I think it's a maybe not a universal yes, but I think it's probably a ninety-nine percent yes. You know, I think if you can you know, reach out to that college program in advance, you know, I would say email all the coaches on the staff because if the head coach doesn't see it, maybe one of the assistant coaches will. You know, there are also a lot of the schools do different camps and things like that where they'll invite an entire team or a group of you know three or four teams to come and do a little camp in a setting like and maybe a play camp. a game on yep. their field and that yep. kind of thing too. But the opportunities exist, and, and I think from a perspective of uh, wanting my younger players to see the game at a, uh, from a different perspective, to have a better appreciation for what's possible, you know, one of the things that I think gets lost in the shuffle way too often is because there's so many games on TV, people think that they really know what being a college player is all about. And the reality of it is practice is way different, and from a, um, seeing how good these players are, Watching practice, I think, can be a much more eye-opening experience than even watching a game. You know, if you go to watch 
Oklahoma, you know, the Oklahoma center fielder, uh, Jada Coleman's one of the best players on the planet. But it takes an unusual situation in a game for her to get to show you how good she really is. Now, last year in the College World Series, she had two plays in the first inning of the one game where she robbed a home run and then made this really long, amazing running catch. In that one instance, you could tell how amazing she was. But the whole rest of the game, she just kind of blended into what was going on because nothing much really exciting happened for her. But if you go to an Oklahoma practice, you're going to see her chasing down 100 balls. And you're going to see her going from foul line to foul line and to climbing just, the fence and just laying barely out missing and, one to yeah, just barely getting you know, it. So to me, I think seeing practice for that reason is a really exciting thing. And also, I think for the kids that uh, get a chance to observe, you get to see how hard the players work, how dedicated they are, how consistent they are in their performance and their, in their work ethic, all those kinds of things. So yeah, so Dan, it's definitely a great idea. One of the best things I ever did when I was coaching at Whitnell High School was I decided to take my team down to watch a UW Parkside uh, practice, and then we ended up going back to watch a UW Parkside game. Ironic thing about it all was that's where I ended up getting my first college coaching job a few years later. But I can remember having a really good high school team who thought they were just about as good as they needed to be. And after a couple of days of watching college kids play, uh, their work ethic improved, their attitude and their, their focus got a whole lot more zeroed in on trying to get better. Because when you get used to winning, when you're winning a lot and having a lot of success, it's just human nature. You start to think you're about as good as you need to be. And then when they saw a whole team of players that were all better than any of them, kind of got their attention again. That's kind of exciting. And and I keep saying this too, probably too much maybe, but when you watch a a ball game on TV, it just looks so smooth. It looks uh, easy. And the difference when you go to actually watch it in person, it speeds up. When you are watching somebody throw and you're a little bit closer and you're right there live, that pitching is quick. Right. And they run and throw and move a lot more quickly, it seems. It's obviously the same. But when you're there in person, it just changes. It's a little right. bit different. Than, well, and yeah. I, I think it, the perspective that you have, you know, being closer to it, being able to see something happen you know, a few times in a row, uh, being like, able wow. to see the, the movement on the pitch or the, the how sound of the like, bat. Right. All yeah. that stuff. It just yeah. makes for a great experience. So, Dan... Absolutely. Make sure that you're open-minded to any college program you can go watch. Your kids will be impressed. I can tell you for sure. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, that you're going to see Oklahoma or UCLA practice. You know, tons of amazing players at Division three schools, at NAI schools, at junior college schools. And again, some of those other divisions, you might be able to have some of your kids get out there on the field during a practice. You know, you might have some of the college kids practice with your team. You might be able to have some of the college kids maybe, you know, do some stuff with your team. So it could be a lot of fun Different and a great at each, experience. at each level. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but email everybody on the staff, do everything you can. I'd be surprised if you don't get a yes. It'd be a great day. Yeah. All right. So that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here. And I'm going to go a little more into goal setting and honestly just the importance of setting goals and being intentional about goals because the vision board workshop is approaching quickly and I wanted to share a little bit about my own experience with this. So after each year, I look at my goals. I actually go and I set like 50 goals for myself, big, small, all the things. I just like allow myself to explore all the possibilities. And I just write them down. Um, and after every year, I look at them and I highlight the ones that I accomplished and I leave the ones that I didn't. And I'm always so surprised by how many I accomplished. 
And I don't get too frustrated about the ones that aren't highlighted because it helps me learn where I need to improve for the upcoming year. So besides the fact that it feels really good to see all those highlighted accomplished goals that I've set, I've found that when I think about and write down my goals for the new year, they are more likely to get done. Even if I'm not looking at those goals on a daily basis, I still make major progress because I set that intention from the very beginning. There's power in setting intentional goals for the new year. So have your daughter come do it with me at the vision board workshop on January 7th. It's going to be so much fun. And you can find where to sign up for that at my website at pagetons.com. Hey, everybody, please support Paige. It's pagetons.com. Her programs are awesome. If your player's struggling with her confidence, just not having as much fun playing this game as we wish she was, Paige is going to do a great job of helping her, helping you, helping everybody get more out of the game and have a whole lot better experience while you play it. So, Don, our lead-off topic is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite's located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. The phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can also contact them at EliteSportsOrders at Yahoo.com. Anything you need, bats, balls, uniforms, uh, they'll happily ship it anywhere in the country. They've been doing it for a long time. They're really good at it. So give the folks a call at Elite, and they'll do everything they can to get you hooked up. So, Don, one of our listeners sent us a, a, a bunch of really good questions. We got uh, a couple of topics out of her questions uh, in the last couple of weeks. And this one was very specific. Is it possible to coach both a high school team and a travel team at the same time? And now this coach coaches in the state of Iowa, where Iowa's a little bit different schedule because they play their high school season in the summer when they're also trying to play their very travel season in yeah. the summer. But across the board, here's how I would answer that question. I think that there's possible benefits and possible negatives to every situation. And this is definitely one of those. If it feels like you're stretched too thin, if it feels like you're not able to dedicate enough time to either of the teams because you're trying to do two uh, very distinct programs at the same time, that's the potential negative. And, and everybody knows that being a coach, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that happens behind the scenes that has to get done. There's planning, there's travel, there's, you know, all kinds of stuff that that takes some time to do well. And if we're going to do everything well, we just have to make sure that either we've got the time or that we're going to make the time to do it well for two different teams, different programs at the same time. I think that's exciting, Tori. I think uh, just that she's uh, ready and willing to to work with two groups like that and do all that. I think that's amazing and awesome. And just like you said, if it feels overwhelming, then it probably is right. more than we want. But Again, the age groups and things like that might have a little bit to play with it if we're working with a younger travel team and the right. high school team. Yeah, um, and I think we're talking about uh, some of the same kids would probably be on right. the travel team that would be on the high school team. The thing I like about that is that uh, often the high school coaches and the travel ball coaches don't necessarily coordinate together, and there's such a mix, like we talked about on other podcasts, of you know location where kids are, are located that come together for the travel teams, but we would have a really good insight as to what our high school kids are going through as to how to structure our travel ball tur- workouts or tournaments or you know all the above so you'd have a really working hand in making an environment that was good for both right because you're involved in both because i think a lot of times that's uh, a big struggle in the summer I, I like yeah. that idea too down yeah. of of you know having somebody that's sort of in both worlds at the same time yeah. um, or aware of the challenges of both. One of the things that we see here a lot is 
there's almost an animosity kind of a relationship between right. the travel ball and the school ball. A tug of war. Yeah, because you know, both want the kids dedicated to them you know, as their number one priority, and sometimes that's a very you know, difficult balancing act. But I think it's definitely possible to do both really well. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's going to depend on how much time you have to commit to it and how willing you are to sacrifice other areas. What you have to be careful of, and this is something that I think is, is where this question really comes from, is if either team starts to feel like they're getting less of your time, less of your attention, less of your commitment because of the other team, then I think that's going to be a real problem. So I think you know it has to be a balancing act where both groups feel like they're getting the best that you have to give on a, on a regular basis. And that doesn't mean that you don't have one bad day or something like that. But of course. You know, if it feels like now that I'm coaching this travel team, my high school kids feel like they're being neglected or the travel team feels like if I wasn't coaching the high school team, I'd be doing so much better with the travel team. You know, that, that's something that you have to always be you know, paying attention to. And because and the reality is it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. It's what they think and how they feel. To my way of thinking, I'd be very excited to have a coach that wanted to coach enough. I'm excited about that. To want to do both. Yeah. Right. To, you know, and because I think, you know, from a coaching perspective, the more you coach, the more you learn. The more you coach, the more, you know, you should become a better coach. Well, I'm assuming probably a school teacher, possibly, if they're involved in the high school. So they would have uh, summer times available. And if they're willing to give, you know, their summer Well, it depends on or, where, you're, yeah. where you're teaching now, too, though, because there's an awful lot of places that uh, summer is not very, not very long I anymore. guess it goes into June. Yeah. yeah. Some places with the year-round school and, and the yeah. more breaks during the school year so they can have a shorter summer. So it might be a little bit of a balancing act there, too. But so to me, I think you can do both. You can be loyal to both. You can do a great job for both, but it's up to you to really dig deep and make up your mind to do it. If you do it for a year and you realize that it's overwhelming, it's too much, you know, at least you tried and then you'll have to choose. It's worth a shot. Right. Then you'll have to choose one or the other. One of the things that I'm coming to grips with is, is I've, you know, been around the travel ball for a while. I'm really geared more for a school ball setting because to me, I like practicing way more than I like playing. And so for me to be in a position where I get a little bit of both, I think that would have been a pretty cool thing. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I like the having access to all the kids, you know, more often through the week. Right. The travel scenario can be tough. Right. Only a few practices a month and trying to squeeze in a year. Coming from all different directions. Trying to squeeze a year's worth of training into a couple of weekends just doesn't always, it just doesn't 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 do it for me. But so I think you can do both. Give it your best shot. Jump in with both feet and, you know, make sure you're talking with both groups at the outset. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's what your plan is. Here's what your agenda is. Here's what you need from them to make it work. Here's what you're going to do for them so that it will work. All that stuff, I think, needs to be planned for and talked about in advance. You probably want to have um, some good quality help. You know, you've got uh, assistant coaches or people in place that are able to help with some of the other the stuff that needs to get done on a day-in, day-out basis and making sure that we're using the help that we have the best that we can. You know, There's a lot of ways to make this work, and I would not be scared away from it at all. No, I think that's exciting. I'm thinking about getting all the travel ball kids to move to our area so that they can all be in the same high school, right? Well, what I want to do is I want to get the 100 best players <laughs> right? in the in the Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, area all in one high school, right? So we can actually put together train the, them together. Right, actually put together, yeah. you know, one of the best teams in the country and see how much fun it would be to have That would be amazing. to have, you know, that absolute dream world of the very best players practicing a lot 
playing. Be like a college setting, but in the high school. Right. Start to have a chance to see that same uh, same kind of uh, reward that you get when you get a chance to work a lot harder at all the stuff that you and I really like to work on. I'm excited for our listener, though. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And good luck. And let us know how it goes, because yeah. I can tell from the email that you're definitely going to do it. She's into it. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely going to do it. So let us know how it goes. And hopefully some of the stuff that we talked about will help you a little bit. So, Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. And please make sure you take advantage of that EFP10 discount. Again, it's a great way for you to save a little bit on your order and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. So Don, another one of our listeners is starting a team, 14 and under team. He's trying to get some insight into what's the right size roster to have to have the best and most likely success for the team over the course of the season. And this is something that we've talked about in one shape or form. They're not, um, they're not going to like my answer, Tori. Well, no, and I, I think that's what we wanted to talk about is that there's going to be pluses and minuses. So to, to answer this question, I think it's kind of a, a loaded question that has a couple of different angles to it. Here's the angle that I would not choose but seems to be the popular one for the most people. And, here, and here's what I would tell you is, I think, the ultimate question that you're answering. I think you can do what's really good for the team to make it more likely that the team's going to be successful. Right. Or you can do what's going to make the players on the team and their parents the happiest, happiest, which might not necessarily mean that it's what's best for the team and the team's success for the long haul. So what's going to make the players and the players' parents the most happiest? Knowing that their kid's going to play all the time, whether they deserve to or not. 12 kids. And 12 might be too many. Right. Right. It might be 11. It might be, you know, and of those 11, two kids know that all they're going to do is pitch. 10 in a pickup. <laughs> yeah, because the reality of it is, and this is something that, I, you know, I rail about it. I've talked about it so many times. I get frustrated about it so many times. I understand why it happens, because everybody thinks about their investment in their kid's travel ball career just like any other investment they're making. And if they aren't going to get enough return on the investment, they don't want to make the investment. And the return on the investment in the travel ball world has nothing to do with how much they learn, how much they grow, how much better they get, how competitive the team is, how much success the team has. It has nothing to do with any of those things that we think of as team success and boils down to how much is my kid playing. Playing time. And so because of that, to make the players and the parents the happiest, we need to have a really small roster and hope that nobody ever gets hurt, nobody ever gets sick, nobody ever has to go to a funeral, nobody ever has to go to a wedding, nobody ever has to miss any of our events. All the things that always happen in life. Right. And roll with that really small roster and go into every weekend knowing that you're one injury away from potentially not having enough kids to play. Well, I think that's all all the pieces of the puzzle right there, Tori, because, you know, we talked about it a number of times and 
when we see teams that are super successful and you've coached some travel teams that are fantastic that make it all the way to nationals that again through injury and things like that end up being a little bit thinner than your opponents right and at that level once everybody's gotten to the to the best of the best if you've got a group that fresh and strong because you've got 16 kids on the roster rather than 12 those other four kids can get plugged in there and and be fresh when ours are all banged up and beat up right and if we're starting a season with 12 kids we're going to have somebody that has an injury we're going to have somebody that is disenchanted and moves on and we've already covered all the the rundowns the you know the relays the pop-up communication we've already done that but now we're adding two or three more kids because of injury and movement and things like that and you know we're going to have mistakes we're going to miss a pop-up because two kids bump into each other but we already covered that but that was before the new kids showed up and rundowns and you know the the confidence that when a, a batter looks down and looks at the third base coach and looks at them and the confidence that they should feel because of familiarity and they just don't have it to have a roster with 15 or 16 kids and to show up on Saturday and hope that they put us in because we've worked our tail off right all week long because I want that chance rather than strolling in there and putting on my cleats knowing that they got to put me in the lineup because we've only got nine kids today or 10 kids right. and and it's just going to be an easy day for me. What kind of motivation is that for me to work during the week? And um, it's exactly right. Like you said, it's, but it is more expensive than it used to be. We used to. Yeah. When I, yeah. When I say that, I, I understand. We I mean, there it. are people paying yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars to play. We get it. And, and I understand that a hundred percent. So that's why I'm saying that you have the one option, which is what's going to make people feel like they're getting their money's worth and getting their money's worth means playing all the time. They want to play every inning until they need a rest. Then they want to rest for an inning or two. And then they want to know for sure they're going right back in because... But am I showing my best when I'm just on the edge of being exhausted? Right. Well, and, but that, that's where we get into the second part. And you kind of started to answer it already. So the second option is do what's best for the team being successful for the long haul, which means having some depth on your roster, having a bench of players that... Everybody can play and everybody can sit a little bit. You can have you know, an opportunity that if somebody needs to go to a wedding or somebody has a funeral or somebody gets sick, that we've got somebody else who's been practicing, who's with the team, who's played already, that plugs right into that spot and the team keeps right on going. Yeah. Well, let's just do some rudimentary uh, old man math here. So if we have 10 players, chances are I'm going to get about 90% playing time. Yeah. Right? Well, if we have 12 players, that number goes down to about 75%. We go down, get up to 14 players, that gets down to about 70%, whatever it is, right? And somebody can do the real math for me and figure out what it really is. But the more kids we have, the smaller that number is going to be. But to your point, Don, wouldn't I rather play... 75% 75% of the innings at 100% knowing that capability. and knowing that our team is playing 100% of the innings that we play with a team that can play well together that's going to do well together that's going to be competitive and be able to still play the same kind of softball that we would play any other time and withstand having issues come up right the injury you know, the illness yeah. the funeral versus the oh my god how are we going to get through the weekend because yeah, who do you know that can come out this weekend? Tori? Right. So to me, that's really you know where where the the rub come. And for our listener that asked this question, so I can't tell you what you should do, 
I can tell you what I think most people do. And what most people do is 11 or 12 kids. They do everything they can to keep everybody happy by making sure that everybody gets to play. In some ways, it's kind of relief for them when they have a weekend when somebody isn't there because it makes it that much easier to make sure that everybody gets to play more. And if it works out that we don't have enough kids or we have to pick somebody up and we end up playing badly one weekend or we lose a game that we shouldn't lose because we had to plug some kid in that didn't know you know, any of our plays or any of our signs or anything else. They just, you know, were the live body that could keep us out on the field. We kind of shrug that off and like, well, that's just, you know, that's just the way it goes. Is that the fun that makes it worth it? To me, it doesn't. No. So, so my recommendation would be, and and honestly, that's part of why. I want to win the last games. Right. And that's part of why the whole, you know, travel ball thing is less appealing to me now that, you know, we're seeing so much of this. And, you know, it kind of, you know, it's all part of this ongoing discussion we've had. You know, last week, you know, I had my hottest take ever, which is that there's way more great players, but less great teams. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're talking about now, because we have to have the right number of kids to make sure everybody gets to play, which means we keep adding more teams, which means we keep taking the pool of great players and spreading them out further and further and further. So to me, you know, the perfect world would be we have a roster of 15 kids. And we know for sure that that means I'm going to play 75% of the time or whatever the math says, and I'm going to be okay with it because it means we're going to play well all the time. And you can have those equal second basemen. Right. You know, three of them split between shortstop second, and you got three kids or four kids that can do that. Yeah, Yeah. if you you had an extra catcher who can also play another position and maybe DP, if you have your pitchers are also capable of playing some other positions so that when they're not pitching, they can kind of move around a little bit. Yeah, an extra outfielder so that you've got, you know, a little bit of built-in depth. And maybe one of those kids that's a pitcher also could play the outfield a little bit. You know, however you want to put it together. But to me, those really small rosters is a really big problem. I hate it. I hate everything about it, except that I know that the the people that are spending all their money to do it, they feel like they're getting their money's worth because the kids are playing more. You've got to sit down and tell tell your group in the beginning that this is how it's going to play out. Right. Have them listen to this podcast for you. Right. And and map it out. You know, maybe you and I are just really missing the boat. Maybe the vast majority of parents really don't care if their team is any good as long as their kid gets to play. Maybe. So, you know, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm 100% different. I want to win. Yeah. I've said this a thousand times on this podcast and in other places. When I was coming up, I would rather win than play. And if it meant that it was better for our team, for me to be a sub and a bullpen catcher and work my butt off in practice to keep pushing somebody else so that I'd be ready when I got my chances, I wanted to win way more than I cared about whether or not we, I got to play or not. And somehow we've lost a lot of that. Uh, for sure. And, and we're getting all of our reps in practice. Right. I want to be practicing around people that are pushing me to be better. If I am that one that's just about ready to get into the lineup or that if something happens, I'm the next one in then I'm, you know, ready to go right. from all the practice yeah. that we do. You know, one of the, the standard jokes now is, you know, I hear this from, from coaches that, you know, the, the typical response is, you know, we want, on, want to be on the very best team we are. We want eight great players in my kid. Right. Right. We want eight great players in my kid. If my kid's a great player, that's great. But as long as we got eight great players, so we win all the time and my kid gets to play all the time, I'll be happy. Well, that's well, part of the challenge. So, so for our listener, I appreciate you sending us this uh, topic to talk about because I think it's a fun one. It's also one of those, I love talking about it, but I hate talking about it because I feel like I'm definitely yelling at the clouds on this one because <laughs> no matter how much we talk about it, 
I don't think we're going to stem the tide. One thing I will say about though is this is definitely different for different parts of the country too, because there are still some places where you'll go watch travel teams play, and there will be 16, 18, 20 kids in the dugout, you know, on the team, because in their communities and their their areas, they want to be on that team more than they care about whether they play or not. No, I think that's a, a legit for sure. So yeah. Hopefully uh, they, they haven't had it all I, spread out yeah. quite yet. I, I know we haven't answered the question, but uh, but hopefully we've given you something to think about. It's going to really be your choice. You want to lay it out for your parents and explain the best way for you to have the best team possible, or do you want to have the team that's going to make them the happiest? Fourteen, sorry, fourteen's the number. Yeah, that's I would say fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. So um, all right, Don. So that's going to take us to this week's edition of Action Coach Coaching Tip of the Week. Hello, I'm John Davis of Action Coach Business Coaching. As softball coaches, trainers, and parents, we all know if we aren't working and learning, we are falling behind. When we fall behind, we are prone to losing and falling short of our goals. As a business coach, I work with business owners and leaders to clarify their dreams and goals and then proceed with creating the plans, the learning, the planning, and actions that need to be taken to achieve those goals. One area I find business owners want to improve in is defining their target market. Just like we tell pitchers, to aim small and miss small, you want to do the same with your marketing. If your target market is undefined or too wide, then you're likely to overspend in your marketing budget and underperform in your lead generation. This process is actually a lot like trying to help your daughter or your players pick the colleges they want to attend before they start doing visits and marketing themselves. For a business, the first step is to look at your current customers and evaluate who the A, B, C, and D customers are. If you don't know what that means, an A customer, somebody who pays full price, they, they create referrals for you, they pay for products and services as offered. On the other hand, a, a D customer pays late, may never pay, they have returns, and they often have special needs and generally don't contribute to growing your business. They take time out of your business. After doing this, you can dig into those A customers and figure out why they are your best customer. What problem are you solving for them? This will give you a strong sense of why your business is unique. Once you know why your business is unique, this has helped to identify other companies and other industries that will be interested in your services. As you do this, you want to define them through some points of commonality, which can include things like the size of the companies, the geographic location, industries that they're in, age of the company, number of employees, their accessibility to you, and many, many other categories you can use to define your the different industries that are out there. With this information, you can now generate lists of people in your target market using various resources on the internet or contracted. As you build your list, you can create a marketing system that reaches exactly the people that you're interested in. And then when you contact them, you can be sure to have a solution in hand that they're going to be most interested in learning about. When done properly, these are the people that will reach out to you from your marketing efforts so that they can learn more. So I'm always willing to spend time with fellow business owners, especially those in the fast pitch community. If you want to talk about your business and then learn about taking it to the next level, so you reach out and we can set up a 30-minute phone call to talk about your opportunities, and I will share our five ways to increase profits. No business or situation is too big or too small as we have programs for all stages of business. If we end up working together, you will receive a 10% discount on all programs because you're a fast pitch prep listener. And then an additional 10% will be donated to Fast Pitch Prep to continue this great podcast. All you have to do is tell me that you heard about us through the Everything Fast Pitch and the Fast Pitch Prep podcast. 
When you want to talk about how to improve your sales performance, then reach out to me at johndavis at actioncoach.com or call me at 817-538-8864 because now is a great time to get into action. All right. So thanks to, uh, again to all of you for listening. We really do appreciate you taking the time to spend with us each week. I want to make sure you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, Bidinger and Styles DDS, Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power Butter, and Action Coach. Please make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your Square Cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. You can also uh, have access to the blogs and the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you reach out to us with nominations for Player of the Week, questions that you're curious about, topics you want us to talk about at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com and fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>